Welcome to the KBB View Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Davis, and this is episode 10 of season 7. And more importantly, that makes it the last full episode of this season. We are going to round it off with another awards bonus later in the week. But yes, this is the last full show before we take a bit of a break to, you know, do some proper work. It's been a really good season too, so if you haven't heard them, I really do recommend going back and catching up with all the episodes. We've got the relationship between retailers and suppliers, the ongoing installation crisis, the customer journey, some great marketing advice, we look at whether you're a designer who sells or a salesperson who designs, that's a good one, and my favourite episode to mark our 150th show, your best stories about what you found when visiting customers' homes. And if you haven't heard that, we've got sex toys, a dungeon and an apprentice fitter trying on the homeowner's underwear. So, you know, something for everyone. But to round off season seven, we're off to Germany, Frankfurt to be precise, as the other week saw the return of Ish, the huge bathroom exhibition where all the biggest brands launched their latest products and concepts. Our roving reporter there was KBB View editor Rebecca Nottingham, so I caught up with her live at the show, and we'll also be hearing from some of the interviews she did while she's there with the likes of Hansgrower, Vitra, Laufen and Kaldewey. This is top-level stuff, of course. That will shape the design trends, product capabilities, and industry strategy for the next couple of years. So while it's obviously massively relevant for you if you sell bathrooms, it's also really good for anyone interested in how big business is approaching this KBB sector in general. But first... A massive, huge thank you to Heritage Bathrooms for being our bathroom sponsor for Season 7. We've loved having you. And if you haven't heard my interview with Bristan Group boss Martin Mongan in the last bonus episode, I really recommend it for an insight into exactly what that brand's philosophy is and the new way it's approaching the market. Plus, Martin, who's obviously a very experienced guy, gives his view on the bathroom sector in general too and where he thinks it's going. You can also find out more about Heritage and all its new products at heritagebathrooms.com. So hopefully, joining me down the line from Frankfurt, technology allowing, is KBB Review Editor Rebecca Nottingham. Guten Morgen, Becky, wie dir? I'm good, thank you, Andy. Yep, I'm here. Oh, that's very good. Here at Ish. I thought you were going to give me directions to the train station then or something. <laughs> this is really good down the line here. I feel like we're on Five Live or something. Has there been a penalty shout at Bramall Lane over to Rebecca Nottingham? <laughs> Unbelievable, Jeff. No, no, there has not. But, yeah, it's, uh, this is technology at its best, isn't it? Well, look, you're there in the middle of Ish. You found a quiet spot among a very busy few days. How's your hotel? Did you go full continental breakfast, or as they call it over there, breakfast? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, I just had some pastries. Boring. Pastries and lots of coffee, because it was an early start Monday. Nice. Okay, so look, before we get into what you've seen, I think it might be worth just explaining what Ish actually is for those that have never been, because obviously this is a big bathroom show, lots of kitchen people listen. Give us the quick overview of what it all is. So Ish is Europe's biggest heating and ventilation show, um, of which Ish bathrooms are a, a small proportion, so it's it's quite a vast show. It's quite... It's bigger than anything we've ever seen in the UK, just to give you some perspective. And, like, the, the stands are just phenomenal. Some of them take up whole halls just for one stand, 
for, for one brand. So, well, it's a hugely significant show for installers, bathroom retailers, anyone in those kind of specialist fields. So, I mean, it's been a long time since I went to one, actually, but we're looking at like over 150,000 people coming to this thing. I mean, it's a huge sort of festival, more than anything. It takes up that entire enormous exhibition space in the middle of Frankfurt. I mean, it's just unlike even the NEC. It's like if the entire NEC was about bathrooms and heating and ventilation, not just one hall. Yeah, exactly. It's just quite phenomenal. And I, I mean, just to give it some perspective, you have to sort of give yourself about 20 to 30 minute walk if you're going to visit brands in different halls. You know, you have to factor in about a 20, 30 minute walk between appointments. It's that vast. You've got your steps in. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And of course, this is the first one since COVID. This is the first proper full exhibition. Yeah, that's right. The first in-person one in four years, actually. And you can feel that in the in the halls, actually. There's a real buzz in general about everyone being back, you know, in the halls together, really. A bit of networking as well as seeing all the new innovations. It's, it's quite exciting. And as you say, the bathroom bit is only part of the entire thing, but it's not really a show for retailers, per se, the KBB Review audience, if you like. It's for anyone who falls under the, the sphere of bathrooms. So... I mean, from my experience of it, it's, it's as much about architects and developers and installers and wholesalers and, and everything in between. 100%. I think that's, that's the key there. It's, it's literally, it's, it's all the UK-specific shows in one, if you know what I mean, because it's aimed at everybody in the sphere of bathrooms. And there's a lot of installers here, you can tell. There's <laughs> just a lot of installers, and a lot of the stands are focused at installers, and, like you quite rightly pointed out, architects and specifiers, as well as anyone selling bathroom products to consumers as well. And as you say, the, the brands that are there are all the big, enormous bathroom brands. They all come to showcase their very latest stuff. And I suppose, unlike the UK, perhaps, they really show their ideas and conceptual stuff. They really launch whole new kind of ideas and ways of looking at things. And, and it's great for people like us because it gives us a great idea of where the industry is heading probably in the UK as opposed to where it is. Absolutely. It's not just about new product. It's about new ways of thinking. Um, I mean, everything's all geared up. Uh, you know, it's quite phenomenal. This show basically is what all these brands form the basis of their product development and new innovations around. But it's not just about showing new product of course that's that's a massive part but it's like you quite rightly pointed out it's about new concepts new ways of thinking and yeah for us it just kind of shows us the direction that things are heading so what are the kind of main themes that you've spotted so far what's jumped out at you as a broad picture broad picture i mean color's massive there's color everywhere and um, brassware obviously that's been growing in different colors in brassware finishes that's been huge but now we're seeing a lot of primary colors actually in brassware which is interesting so really bright colors but not just color in brassware come back for color in sanitary wear and again it's not just the pastels we've seen recently it's really bold colors bright blues greens reds even you know it's just it's a festival of color here to be honest and on the colour theme, green is big, both in the colour finishes, but also in new innovations in sustainability. Uh, it's the overarching theme of the whole show. Again, it's not just about the products people, the brands are producing. It's, it's all about the vision for the companies moving forward in terms of their routes to carbon zero and just how they're trying to move the industry forward in thinking 
greener. That's really interesting, isn't it? Because as I say, this is a real vision of where the UK market is is going to be and all these massive brands if they deal with contractors developers hotels these they they all have to tick that sustainability box not just in the products but as you say in their corporate social responsibility element as well and you know i've said for a long time this is going to shape this industry for the next decade this this issue and you know those who aren't interested in it or aren't looking at it aren't going to have much of a choice because as you've seen all the products are coming down the line whether you like it or not and how long is it before those suppliers start asking retailers, for example, for their credentials, or otherwise they won't deal with them? It's going to be such a fascinating thing to see this all play out. You're also talking, while you're there, to lots of senior European bathroom people, and we're going to play in some of your interviews that you've done after we've finished talking here. But is there a consensus on, on how the market is doing at the moment? Because it seems to be a very mixed bag. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say overall everyone's really positive, and I mean... I suppose there's an argument to say they would be positive at a big bathroom fair that they've invested a lot of money at. But genuinely, some really candid conversations with brands. There's obviously challenges, don't get me wrong, but the overarching theme is, you know, one of positivity for the industry moving forward. OK, well, we'll hear some of them at the end of this. But, look, I'll, I'll leave you because you're, you're basically standing in a room talking to yourself. <laughs> That's true, yes. Getting some funny looks. So I'll leave you to go and find a sausage and mustard somewhere on a paper plate. curry versed. Yeah. Um, and, we'll, and we'll hear from some of the people you've been talking to to get some detail. But for now, Rebecca Nottingham, Alfreda Zane. Alfreda Zane, Andy. OK, let's hear now who Fräulein Nottingham has been talking to at Ish. And first up, she's talking to Antonio Linares, who is the Senior Managing Director of Laufen. So a very senior guy at a very well-respected brand in the premium bathroom market. And she started off by asking him what he thinks the brand of Laufen represents in the sector. Yeah, Laufen uh, globally stands for a, for a brand that that positions itself as premium and that takes care of, of delivering spaces where people can really enjoy the bathroom experience. That's the first and most important pillar. And then we, of course, care and we understand that the latest development have brought health and many other aspects uh, to the front. And, uh, of course, we could not uh, go without noticing that. And then hygiene has become also a part. Design, I, I do not want to even mention because design has always been for us a fundamental. Declaring that we care about design would be a little bit too obvious. Yeah, I mean, design is so much now overrated because everyone claims to be a design something. Yeah, design hotel, a design... We believe that we do not need to claim it. We just show it with size. And specifically then just the band in the UK? Yeah, in, in the UK, I mean, the, the team in the UK have been doing a brilliant job in, in making the, the brand grow. And actually, they have been one of the international drivers of growth. Mm-hmm. The two countries that have grown most in the latest three, four years have been the UK and China. So we are really happy with the team and the commitment and how they managed to establish a channel and uh, deliver the message of who we are and how we do. Yeah. Where do the retailers sit? How, how key are independent retailers? How important are they to the brand? Well, for, for us, the retailers are fundamental because they are the touch point. We, we are uh, relying on them to deliver the message. And in the end, we need to build a message to discuss with them and, and see how to better deliver the message, to see how we can build the, the, 
spaces inside their uh, retail shops so that the message is well understood. Sustainability, obviously, that's a massive part of the show, the message in general. But we speak a lot to, to brands like yourself that are investing huge amounts of money in, in making sustainability just a normal part of the production process, the, the product development. But there's the other side of it is that particularly in the re- in the UK, the industry appears to be butting heads a little bit because there's a disconnect. It, the retailers aren't necessarily selling that message because they say consumers aren't interested. So how do we get that connection between the retailer and the, the I manufacturers? The, I love uh, that question and I appreciate uh, that you ask that question because that is a fundamental question and that is a question that, that may define what is going to happen in Europe in the next years and decades unless the end consumers will be made aware of the real cost of sustainable standard of living uh, we will have difficulties because someone needs to bear that cost and if the industry alone needs to bear the cost, if there is a le- legislative effort on the one end and there is a, an industry that accepts, uh, not only accepts, but takes the challenge and moves it even stronger forward, but then the end consumer doesn't care and will be buying things produced uh, in with all with 100% respect to every country of origin. I do not want even to name countries of origin, but we have, and we know and we understand it very well, we have countries of of origin that have different requirements, different standards and different ambitions in terms of, and probably this is legitimate because we in Europe now teach lessons to the world, but but, but this is because we already managed to build up all our industrial infrastructure. So how much uh, legitimate are we to uh, require from others? That's why... In my opinion, at some point, first of all, and consumers need to understand, and there are already some polls going on, yeah, how much more are you ready to pay for the, uh, for a product that is really incorporating a sustainable, uh, integral approach to production. Yeah, not, not just a claim, not just greenwashing. Uh, we, as I said, we do not claim what we don't do, but, but when we do it, we claim it. And I believe that we are in this regard one of the brands and we are in a group that is really uh, taking enormous steps uh, towards a very, very ambitious sustainability program. And, and the program is the program, but then there is a the reality. And I think that we are also one of the groups that is most advanced in the, in the proposition that we deliver today to the market. Now, what happens? We need to communicate that and we need to have a certain joint effort made with retailers and retailers need to communicate that to the end consumers. I think we need a certain degree of protectionism. If we want to keep an industry that is investing heavily in all this transformation, how can we protect that industry if everything that comes from places that do not have the same requirements is sold in the same conditions and without any barriers? What I'm not asking is for those barriers to stay in Europe and, 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 and be given to Europe. What I'm saying is, okay, let's give... Once we put a certain tax that could be called a sustainability tax or call it as you wish. Let's give that money back to the countries of origin and then let's say, guys, invest it in moving it forward to the next stage of, because in the end it makes no sense that we in Europe develop a very sustainable plan and then every other corner in the world yeah. becomes the place where everyone will reallocate their production. And with this, let me say one thing. Some of my very dear competitors are producing everywhere. I'm claiming that this is made in Germany because nobody here in Europe is defending that you need to really declare 
uh, have it well established, the real place of production. And we love him. We only produce him. And we are, I can say with a certain proud, the last ones that only produce him. We produce in Switzerland, we produce in Austria, we produce in Czech Republic, we produce in Poland, and we produce in Bulgaria. And we believe in transparency. Mm-hmm. We are not going to uh, hide it. There are places that are a little bit more expensive than others, but we produce all of it, Bulgaria, uh, Czech Republic, Poland, Austria, and Switzerland. They are all European countries that share values, that share a certain principles. And again, I do not want to say that they, these values and principles are better by... They are simply the ones that are necessary for the world to continue to exist in a way that we can enjoy for the next generations, which is one of our uh, obligations towards our consumers. I guess a good thing, just to sort of round off, you started the interview by talking about some very challenging years, but no one's really sure how this entire year or or beyond is going to play out because of other challenges. So what's your predictions for the bathroom market in general moving forward? The bathroom market has one a big advantage compared to other markets, and it is that we have never been a fast-moving consumer group. So we are not dependent on a business model that requires that you buy more and more often, and every year we need to shorten and accelerate the replacement and everything. We have always been delivering products that were not obsolescent yeah. at, a, at, an, at an artificially shortened period of time. Bathrooms in average in Europe are in 20 years. So we are an industry that is already resilient enough and understands that the market is not a market that is going to be buying every weekend in the supermarket when the time for the supermarket comes. So we are in a good position for that. Other than that, what I believe, I believe that there will be progress in, in making the bathroom. I mean, th- there are two trends that are a little bit contradictory. One is making the bathroom this cocoon where you do not have the electronics invading you and not letting you have a moment of calm and relaxation. Yeah, So I do not want to be connected in the bathroom. I want to really enjoy my bathroom experience. And there is the other trend, on the other hand, for people that cannot be... They are a different generation. They cannot imagine the life without being connected to something. Yeah? And, and then we, as the industry, uh, well, there are some that will decide to play niche. There are some that will decide to play hoist. This is a decision that different uh, players will have to be taking on the way. That was Antonio Linares from Laufen. Over now to Vitra, and we're meeting Regional Director for Europe, Ferit Erin. Always a really interesting brand, of course, but right now its home country of Turkey is dealing with the aftermath of the horrendous earthquake that struck the region a few weeks ago. So we'll hear how the company is managing that situation, but we start by asking how the brand is currently performing. We are doing quite well for the last, you know, let's say, couple of years. We are doing a very good growth and also doing a lot of investments in our production. This year, in in a month, we are starting a new ceramic sanitary plant with a capacity of two million pieces. Uh, one million will be operational as of today, immediately, and the remaining one, depending on the how business goes. Uh, we are building a new concealed system factory. That's why we are promoting our new product range for concealed systems. And we are also investing heavily into faucets. The reason why we have such a big stand is, you know, we want to show that we are not only a ceramic manufacturer, because this is the strongest part of Vitra historically. We are, you know, one of the top three brands or manufacturers, let's say, in ceramic sanitary in all big European countries. But this year we want to show we are more than that. We are a complete 
bathroom solution provider with the furniture, with the fittings, with the brassware or fittings, however you call it in the UK, or, and also conceal systems. So we want to show the whole concept. Obviously, you're, you're in quite a unique position as a brand at the moment, that not only are you dealing with the after effects of COVID like everybody else and the general energy crisis, but you're also dealing with a, a humanitarian crisis within, in Turkey itself. So it would be remiss not to talk about that with you, really, and, and how that affects a big company like Vitra and the group. So can you give me an idea of the impact that the earthquakes have had on business? Overall, this was a very big tragedy, you know, tragedy of the century for Turkey. Of course, everybody is impacted, at least emotionally. A lot of, of, of our colleagues lost their families who were living in the region, or at least friends. So it's really impacted everybody emotionally very deep. From the business-wise, luckily, we didn't have any factories or manufacturing units in that region, so we didn't, we were not impacted in that sense. Of course, this territory, which is about 10 cities with about, I think, 13 million people, is about 15% of the economy. Our partners, dealers, showrooms in that territory are really impacted. Of course, we will lose some business in that region, for sure. But this is not the biggest concern to us. The you know health of the people, the lives we lost. And as the group, we are doing our best to support this region to the fullest with the donations and with the support we have. Because as the Ajibashi group, the parent company of Vitra, is the leader of the modern life in Turkey. This is the, the core value of the family. And we have a lot of different businesses as well. We have a tissue paper business. We have a pharmaceutical business. So with all the efforts, with all the businesses we have, we are trying to give support to the region. Of course, construction will be very important for the region. So probably we will not be very much profit-seeking in the sense of supporting these new buildings. We will try to do our part to help the region to develop itself again. For the business, yes, it will have an impact to us for sure because Turkish economy also lives are impacted, but this will be minimal compared to the size of the company and we are not very much focused on the business results on that purpose, focusing more on how we can support this region to, to be rebuilt. It feels wrong to move away from that, but obviously we're here at Ish. So what are you feeling about the bathroom market in general? What are your predictions moving forward? After COVID, as we all experienced, the importance of home became you know, increased very much. And we saw a huge demand increase in the world, you know, in globally, everywhere. Maybe it was a little bit of a peak and now it's normalizing. There are a lot of economic developments in the world with the high interest rates, you know, inflation is everywhere. So we see a little bit of uncertainty in the market. But as Vitra, we try to be a global player. Uh, Europe is one of the core markets on important markets. Turkey is our home market. But we try to manage a portfolio of markets and also a portfolio of product categories. Mm -hmm. Wherever we see some slowdown in some part of the world, we try to cover it with the activities we do in the other parts of the world. And also introducing new product categories like fittings and concealed systems. We continue to invest because we still 
see that we can grow and gain share in the market from our competitors. Even though the market is not booming in the next years, we still see a lot of potentials to grow. I mean, how key is the UK and British independent retailers to the brand? The first market we are is, of course, our home market, Turkey. But strategically for the group, Europe is the strategic region. We want to be a European player. Even though we are our origin is Turkish, we want to be seen as an European player. You know, with our sister company, Buchbat, who is a German manufacturer. So basically, we have also facilities in Europe as well. So that's why markets like UK, Germany, France are our key strategic markets where we, should, we will never stop investing. And UK is key to us because after Turkey, UK is the market where we are present with full brands. Okay. And Germany and France, all these markets, private label is also a very important part of the market, OEM or private label, mm-hmm. however you call mm-hmm. it. But in UK, we are mostly branded and we want to keep it. You know, as you probably know, one of the key investments we did last year or the year before is the London showroom. It's not a small investment, but that also shows the brand we want to be there for a long-term sustainable business, as well as in retail, as also with the contract business with our partners. Obviously, having a base in Clerkenwell puts you right at the heart of the design specification market as well. But you've also touched on the fact that retailers are key. What sectors are specifically driving your innovation? Who are you designing products for? Are you designing products for the end consumer, the designers so I think everything starts from the needs of the end consumers so if you de- you cannot just design the products for the retailers because the retailers at the end sell to end consumers so you need to understand the consumer behavior and the consumers you know are different we are all different if you understand the consumer behavior then at the end you you are successful with what all the innovations you do and with all the products you develop. So basically retailers, especially in UK, is the key channel we are active. This is retailers, our retail showrooms are very important for us, also for the branded business to present our products because we need this place to show them the real concept. Because we are not only a toilet manufacturer, we want to present the whole showroom and it's not easy to show the whole bathroom concept only on digital or only you you need to have a real living concept and that's why retailers are key to us yeah you know that's reassuring because there's always conversations with retailers about the future of showrooms because of the onslaught of online but it's i think it's really reassuring to have a brand like vitra Mm -hmm. behind the showrooms and really innovating for the retail Mm -hmm. market i think digital also very important some consumers prefer digital over physical but when you analyze the consumer journey, you see there is a combination of digital and physical. Sometimes they call it digital. Digital, you know, okay, some, it some people do the research in digital, go to physical, or vice versa. They go first to the as retailer, then go to online. So you need to be active in all of them yeah. to feed the customer in the right way. Yeah. Only physical or only digital will not work in today's conditions, in my view. So we need to bring all the product information, the pictures and everything, also in the digital world also to support the physical stores because the consumer journey is not only one way going to the physical store and making the purchase physical to digital digital to physical and it's very complicated so you need to give them the 360 information flow so that you know you come to the success of which is the purchase of the customer yeah 
sustainability is obviously a very key message at the moment. It's the overarching theme for ISH this year. What we're seeing is manufacturers are investing huge amounts of money in sustainable processes, delivering products sustainably, and actually designing products that give a sustainable experience. But what we're hearing from retailers is that consumers don't seem to be that interested in, well, UK consumers, in water saving and sustainable. So there seems to be a bit of a misbalance in the the amount of money that's going into that. What's your thoughts on that? And are you seeing a change in consumers that are now feeding through and, and looking for sustainable products? I think regardless of the perception of the consumers, first we need to work on sustainability. You know, this is, you know, helping the nature and the world. That's why, as you said, we're working, changing a lot of things in our factories, in production. Now the new factory I mentioned to you has the roof is full solar panels so for the renewable energy. Also the previous factories we are changing and packaging we are changing of full packaging. So also doing the products. I think we need to, we have also the responsibility to educate people in terms of sustainability. Maybe not in UK, but in other parts of Europe, especially in Germany, this is becoming more and more an important topic. A lot of customers is asking us, pushing us for more information to promote their products, and they say that the you know the demand for sustainable products is increasing very much. If not in UK, I think in the coming years with the awareness everybody's getting from the all over the all the marketing campaigns, you know, and the, this it will come. We don't want to be late in this, not only from the commercial perspective, also the you know values of our group is fully supporting the society in the right way and we should never want to harm the nature. That's why we are taking proactive steps in our processes, production and products for sustainability. Yeah, yeah. I guess there's just that kind of disconnect. But what mm-hmm. it, what could, what would you say to retailers that perhaps aren't focusing on the sustainability message because consumers aren't driving the conversation? I think we all have to the responsibility to explain it better. The premium you will get for sustainable products should be justified by the savings the end consumer will, we should make. If you explain this with either with electricity saving or water saving, also with the mm. affecting their pockets, I think the influence will be yeah. even higher. I think it's a full chain, you know, starting from the end consumer to the very last part of the chain, you know. We should choose to work only with sustainable suppliers. Retailers only need to choose with sustainable manufacturers mm. and we need to explain the end consumer as well what is the impact of their purchase to the community. And I think sooner or later... I don't, and I don't think foresee it's very long time. You know, in a couple of years, the importance of sustainable products will increase very sharply. Yeah. Ferret Erin from Vitra there. Now, Ish was a big show, as it always usually is, for Hands Grower, who officially launched its full range of bathroom products like furniture and sanitary wear. So here's Chief Sales Officer for the Hands Grower Group, Christophe Gorlan, as well as UK Managing Director Jay Phillips, talking about the brand's success in the last year. The hope we achieved in 2022 was 12% increase with, for the first time, 1.5 billion euro turnover. To be precise, 1528 million euro turnover plus 12%. And we have a strong growth. The year 22 uh, was in all the country very positive. 
and uh, you have to, uh, to recall that uh, our growth in 21 was plus 27%, so plus 12 on 27, it's a really good performance. So what we can say is we definitely uh, gained a lot of market share the last two years, so we have really a very good position globally. The only issue that we had is obviously the situation in Russia, where we lost the turnover and we had to close our subsidiary. Now you're going to be, the, the hands role is going to be a provider of all full bathroom solutions, yeah. and that's huge news. What's behind the decision to, to move into ceramics, furniture? Mm-hmm. We made the experience in Asia that a lot of customer developer projects that are requesting a complete offer. Uh, as Paul used to be a specialist, what you call a specialist of process and showers, yeah. and very often with some project, we had to compete with a manufacturer from USA, from Asia, and in Asia we had a lot of requests for a complete offer uh, from uh, project business, but, but also from our distribution partner. And here in Europe, we also made some market study, and we also analyze the market in, the, in Europe, and we also uh, observe that some customers would like to have also a, a complete performance. We decided to launch this category of patient in Europe. We are, as forward, if you look at the competition, was one of the last big brand specialists. All, uh, a lot of competitors are moving to a complete bathroom mm-hmm. offer, and um, we think that for some customers, it's still uh, it's an important topic to have a complete bathroom. In our philosophy, nevertheless, we say we are offering ceramic and furniture in order to sell more faucets. We see that as a support for our core business. Our yeah. core business for all the installation company, for the plumbers, our main target groups will be always uh, for sales and shower. But step by step, country by country, we are launching this new, uh, this new category. And Jay, what do you think that means for the UK market specifically? Yeah, no, I think just build on what Christoph said, Rebecca. You know, we have some experience of uh, our category expansion in the past with our Axel collections where we've uh, brought ranges with uh, Philip Stark, Antonio Chiteria, where we've actually done baths and basins in the past. So now feels the right time for the natural evolution for, for hands growers to go on that journey. For us, it feels like a, the right time to move into that and, and also listening to customer feedback. Also provides them with a one-stop solution, one-stop shop solution, which ultimately means we're easy to business with, whether that be a consumer, an installer, or a specifier, or a showroom partner, working with one brand that can offer the total solution. It's, it's much easier to do with. I think that also this is just the beginning because next year we'll launch other ranges of ceramics as well and and also we're exploring other categories as well. So this is a a, a long journey, our first step in evolution to being a full bathroom provider. So we're, we're very excited about that. So that was Christoph Gorlan and Jay Phillips from Handsgrower. And finally, over to Caldevi and Chief Sales Officer Roberto Martinez and Adam Teal, the UK Sales Director. Caldevi is a bath specialist, of course, so it's really interesting to hear their contrast to Handsgrower when it comes to diversification. But first, Roberto outlines the company's current performance. Well, as you may have noticed, we think and act in generations, but if I would say the last two years... It was challenging, like for everybody else, the mm. pandemic and the supply chain caused 
complications, especially in the project business. Not for us. We were fine. We get the products very local. Uh, our sourcing okay. is maybe a maximum 300 kilometers from our factory. We only produce in Germany. Oh. However, if there is a delay in the production in the in the project because of wood or other materials, we are in this process as well, supplying our products. So there have been a lot of delays yeah. in projects. There have been a lot of lockdowns in many countries, especially in China. So we also were affected indirectly. However, also the global sales, we had more ambitious, ambitious plans. But we are, I can't say happy, but we are fine with the results. With the results, we are fine, especially if I think of bit longer than just uh, one year or two years time that um, our investments and our engagements will pay out and are paying out more and more if people talk about a trend when it comes to sustainability it's our DNA mm. and that's what we do see in the leading indicators that especially in the professional business um, architects designers investors do engage much more and want to understand what it is about. It's not only a bathtub, it's not only a shower, it's not only a basin. What is it made of? Where is it made? What is the ingredient? How is it used? How is it? What is the, the lifetime? What's happening afterwards? And this is exactly helping us, not just from the marketing side, it's also proved by laboratory certificates. Just on that sustainability message then, the overriding theme of this show really is sustainability. But what we're hearing from UK retailers, and maybe this is a question for you, Adam, is that there's kind of a disconnect between the retailer and, and the end consumer in the UK about this message and the importance of it. And we've got retailers saying that consumers just don't care, so, you know, therefore we don't really talk about it. There just seems to be a bit of a contradiction in the amount of money that's being invested in that area. I think it's a question of education and awareness. Really. My feeling is there has been for many, many years a focus on water saving, quite rightfully, uh, in the UK market. I think people have, they have experienced that in mm. terms of what's just been going on in, over the years in terms of the volatility in the environment. I do think now, however, though, the sustainability message is, is broadening uh, and getting into people's uh, minds and thoughts much more, not just in terms of water saving, but actually in terms of recyclability and sustainability and more circular. And I think people are taking these things on more and more as more education comes into, into their lives. Yeah. Not just from the sanitary industry, but from all of the world, people are starting to wake up and notice this. And it's becoming more important to everybody. Just pinning down where the business is at, really, in the, in the UK market and what your strategy moving forward is. Yeah, it's, it's a tough market, a tough market environment. Um, last year, we were um, fortunate that we, we did achieve double-digit double growth from the previous year. This year, again, those challenges are, are, are still with us. However, there's still opportunity for us to grow our business. Um, I think one of the key growth areas for us is really going to be in the shower surfaces. There is a trend, the bath replacement market, where people are removing their bathtubs and replacing it with shower surfaces. Right. And I think that's somewhere where we can really focus on and can continue our growth. And globally as well? Globally as well. However, in the shower surfaces, it will be more the linear drain globally. Continental Europe, both. Floor level showers in, in both. 
globally, the, one of the big drivers is already not new is um, the freestanding bathtubs. Mm -hmm. This is something that I've picked up from other brands at the show. So you've got Hands Grower, who were predominantly known as brassware manufacturers moving into ceramics you know and furniture now to offer that full bathroom solution you've got Duravit doing the same but the opposite way around you know they're now offering uh, brassware to but again to offer that full solution is this something that you see Caldivar moving into in future offering that full, our, full solution our strategy is different our ambition is to become category leader in the use shower bathing washing category leadership you can't do or offer if you offer the full size and the full assortment. You have other advantages. If this doesn't work well, we have other segments of products which can somehow balance it out. But can you be leading the sector overall? Not sure. Is that something for an independent that I'm becoming a brand ambassador or am I in the role well-educated professional that I select the best for my local market. There, everybody needs to define and find their own spaces and areas. We define ours. We want to be always category leader in the function of shower, bathing, and later on also washing, which we are showing with the design, with the bespoke individualization. And that's why I think we fit very well to independence. How key then are independent retailers to the Caldivai brand? Very, because it's very, uh, very important, because I think it's very local and it's very personalized. It's very individual. Uh, an independent can be in Liverpool, can be in London, can be in South London, can be in North London, can be in Birmingham, and it will be always different. Uh, Yorkshire. Yorkshire. Uh, it's all independent, but very different uh, compared to what might be a big uh, competitor always online with a huge offer, all brands, all products, very transparent. So it must be very challenging for an independent to differentiate locally, but that's also the opportunity. If you then go only with those things which are available in every corner, you immediately are in this comparison. If you can use something which comes out from a niche, but it is saleable and scalable, with the right content fitting your local needs, demands, is maybe too early because you also support and wake up people that they didn't know about. Yeah. There is this existing and they may feel good with it that they uh, buy something they like very much, they can afford and it's even good for the planet. That was KBB Review Editor Rebecca Nottingham rounding up some big names over in Frankfurt. And it's always so interesting to hear the perspective from the guys making big decisions about where the bathroom industry is going. But it is also incredibly relevant even to small independent retailers. Issues like a big catwalk fashion show. So there's very bold statements, but it all filters down to the high street in the end. And that's not just design trends, but also functionality and overarching themes like sustainability, as we heard. Excellent stuff. So that was season 10. Thank you once again to Heritage Bathrooms for all their support this season. You can find out all about them at heritagebathrooms.com. We'll be back with season 11 very soon. Look out for the special awards bonus episode coming up in a few days. But until then, goodbye.